out there, Foxes fans, and welcome back to another edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast. Coming to you live, as always, from various time zones around the United States. I, as always, am your host, Matt Folks, over in San Diego. Uh, joined this evening by my two co-hosts, one Mr. Chris Warner up in Del Mar. Christopher, good to see you, man. How you doing, Matt? Missed a little bit, didn't we? Uh, just a bit, yeah. Uh, probably <laughs> the, the worst... Uh, timing for vacations uh, of all time uh, as far as running a podcast on a Premier League football club for uh, Jim who went to Paris and myself who went to Napa Valley. It was uh, pretty incredible timing. Uh, also joined this evening by our other co-host, Mr. Jason Becker of the New York Foxes. Jason, good to see you, bud. Great to be here and great to be a part of the New York Brigade of Dean Smith's Blue and White Army now. <laughs> leading the charge that's uh yeah guys um just a few things happened while we were gone it, it uh it seems like uh our beloved foxes continued their uh downward spiral with a heartbreaker to uh crystal palace which signaled the end of something that we all have been calling for for a long time uh brendan rogers leads the club leaves the club on mutual terms whatever the fuck that means uh chris yeah man it, this is uh it's finally here um but should happen a long time ago i think huh well that's going to be the question isn't it that defines these next nine games moving forward is like did the club make the decision that we all saw at the right time or was it a case of too little too late in terms of this and uh I don't know the answer to that question, Matt. What I do know is that with what's happened over the past two weeks, we draw a line in the sand. We've got nine games to go. We know what we need to do to survive. Do we have the people in place to do that? Well, time will tell in that situation, mate. But you're right. I mean, the Palace performance at that moment, the club, you read the statement and it says quintessentially that at that point they believed that there was more chance of us going down with Rogers at the helm than there was with him in charge. And that was the first time they said as a board, that was the first time they made that realization and made the change. So yeah, um, I think all in all, we talk, just put the palace result in, in a nutshell. It was another shocker absolute shocker like if it wasn't for Iverson in that game it would have been game over in the first 30 minutes we were awful absolutely awful and yes our performances didn't improve with the double s in charge but ultimately as I said line in the sand we go again we've got nine games now to survive in the Premier League the double s well uh as you guys can see for those of you that are watching live uh you can see that uh Chris has a wonderful picture of the new boss as his background. Jason has a wonderful picture of the old boss as his background. And fuck no, I'm not putting John Terry as my background. He's going to have to earn <laughs> earn that right. Uh, Jason, your thoughts on the palace, just real quick. I mean, because we got so much more to cover. But I, I guess when you were watching that, what in what out of that game that you saw was like, oh yeah, that's why the board the board's not going to put up with this because that's the part I'm struggling with. What the fuck were they watching that that suddenly was the game? I mean, I understand last second defeat sucks, but God, we've seen. I, in my opinion, way worse matches so far that could have pulled the trigger, in my opinion. I don't know. I mean, I, I thought that was a particularly horrible game 
by us. It was pathetic. Um, Crystal Palace set broke records for shot attempts. We were other than when Ricardo came on for ten minutes, like we were just out outplayed, just completely dominated in that game. Uh, we we're very lucky to only lose by one, and and at the end, and and it makes me wonder, like if that even with Palace completely dominating that game, if that last shot doesn't go in, does Rogers get another week? And here we are again, just, just waiting and waiting and waiting. And now at that time, there were 10 games left in the season. Um, and, and you'd hope that because they waited that long, that there would have been a plan in place and a successor or a caretaker manager ready to go right away. Because if that didn't wake the, 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 the owner and the board up to the, the stark reality of uh, where we are on the table and where we're headed, uh, I don't know what would. And so I'm just, I was been very, I don't want to say surprised because it's kind of been par for the course this year, which is this inaction that we've seen. Um, whether it's in the transfer window, whether it has to do with Brendan Rodgers, whether it has to do with um, a captain who has been playing, at least being vocal and making statements. Uh, it's just, it just people are just sleepwalking everywhere around the club. And then they, we sack Rodgers, and now we've played two games since then. Before now, we have um, uh, the new the new guys in charge, and now only eight games left to save ourselves. So I don't envy the the new guys for coming in and, and, and having to do the job that they have to do. Same here, dude. And it's like, I, we've as a club that knows something literally about great escapes. Um, I, you gotta wonder if the buildup of this club, cause I mean, you look at the buildup of the great escape year and you look at the, what this team is made of and i don't know if you could see starker contrasts um whereas that team kind of built their identity on having each other's back and working their fucking asses off this yeah. team is the exact opposite um it, it 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 just seems like there's no cohesion in the group no one is playing for each other they're playing to get the fuck out of here get the contract summed up so i i my goodness gracious does dean john and shaky have a hell of a you know mess in there ahead of them and god bless them for trying to take it because i mean you look at it <laughs> at one point we had graham potter uh so then he turned us down and then jesse marsh was all but done rob tanner already had his house picked out essentially uh and then jesse is gone and then all of a sudden you know i got messages from and i'll say the jesse marsh period was pretty interesting as the u.s fox's podcast host because i got multiple messages from american foxes love you guys thank you for the messages saying am I wrong to feel excited about this? Because there was quite a contrast uh, between UK media and US media, shocking, uh, about the Jesse Marsh appointment, quote unquote. Um, I guess, let's, what, what were your thoughts on that whole mess, Jason, in the in, the in between? Well, I think that um, the reason why the Jesse Marsh saga went as long as it did without uh, sort of closure there is because we were just waiting for three days for Jesse Marsh to stop speaking. And then he finally <laughs> said everything that he had to say. And then, you know, we were able to then kind of tell him, 
either. You know, this contract demands are not going to work for us. Or uh, please just give us give us a break. That man, you know, loves to make sure that everyone knows just how much he knows. Um, you know, there are a lot of good things about about Jesse Marsh, uh, and he's definitely uh, will will bring passion and 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 fight, and um, I'll not just sit there and kind of just respect the opponents too much. But um, I just don't see him getting the respect of 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 the dressing room and it's just too much of a um i think of a mess for him to to take on and if he's going to have certain demands uh he i'm sorry but he just doesn't have the cv to make those demands and um wish we would have moved on a little sooner yeah sorry to those of you that were hoping to see some ripped jeans uh, on the manager up and down the KP. Cause I don't think Dean Smith is going to be wearing any ripped jeans, Chris, uh, your thoughts on the um, justification of these managers. It, it is the epitome of the mess that we're currently in as a football club. This whole process of choosing a manager. We had two options when we fired Rogers. We either went short term Try and find someone to keep us up, play eight games, keep us in the Premier League, reassess, and then start again in the summer. Or we had a philosophy where you're like, you know what? This squad is good enough to be able to have us invest in a manager with eight games to go with the assumption that we'll probably stay up and then in the summer give him the opportunity to rebuild the squad and and kind of regenerate the next kind of cycle what is Leicester City Football Club. It seems like we did the ladder for nine days and then all of a sudden we went, you know what, we're not doing that anymore. We're now going to hit the panic button and go to the format and look for someone temporary. It, it was just, it just seemed disorganized, chaotic, no plan B. The, you looked at some of the, the bookies in the UK are often, the bookmakers are often good metrics for kind of who the next manager was it was all over the shop at one point you had martin o'neill nigel pearson rafa benita like all just names that there was no normally summit comes out of the club that talks about the direction and we just didn't get it and i think that has been that's the epitome of this process and do i think we've made the right decision well like i said time will tell but i think going in with the philosophy of getting a manager for these nine games i think is the correct one and I think the three of them will wake some people up, I think, and shake shake a few feathers and rough a few feathers up. Bang on with Jason's point. Completely agree with him. I think if Jesse Marsh was really asking for what supposedly he was wanting, then yeah, I mean, you've got to do it in the Premier League, mate, in order to get that. I have to laugh, though. Was it really that case, or did he watch the game at Seagrave on Saturday? <laughs> and then, you know what? I ain't dealing with this. I'd rather stay unemployed than have to put up with that mess. I don't know, mate. But That's way, I think I don't think I don't think Marsh was the right person at the right time for this job. That's what some reports are saying. Um, that you know he watched Bournemouth and was like, "What I'm going to bring to the table is not what what this club needs to do." But Chris, I think you make a good point about the whole process. And I think this is what's the most concerning about everything is that the process didn't even start until Rodgers was canned. How do you not start at this point in the season? How have you not already identified who's the, who's available? 
who who can will come right in for to be an interim manager or, or will come in for the long haul. Um, I I wonder if maybe they someone knew that that Potter was going to get sacked the same day and they thought oh you know he'll he'll just come right in here and you know someone miscalculated there if that's the case. But either way, we only have one thing left right now, and that's the number of games left in the season to, to save ourselves. It's like when you're playing baseball, you have a certain number of outs, and that's it. You start giving them away, it's going to be harder and harder and harder to win a baseball game. We keep, we've wasted, wasted two games. We wasted the most important game of the season up to this point, this Bournemouth game. It was a true relegation six-pointer and still didn't have someone lined up to take care of that game. It's just baffling how a big enterprise and a big club could be run like this. That's for me is legitimately the scariest part of all this. It's just, it's almost as if, you know, Susan and top and the rest of the board were just like, what have you been watching? What have you been listening to from the fans? What have you been seeing union FS? You think they're just putting the signs up about Rogers out, like just for the fun of it. Like, I I don't, I don't know if that was union FS necessarily having Rogers out signs. So I I do do want to put that out there. So, yeah. Regard. Sorry. Whoever put up the the Rogers outside guys, like you can't look at that and, and just completely sit on your hands and, and not at least in the back of your mind, be thinking we need to have something in place. And that it's just mind blowing to me that now they were just caught this far, you know, with their, with the, with the blinders on, man. I think we landed on a decent team of, a manager and his coaches to to be the interim and to get us out of the mess. But even doing that, it's <laughs> twice as hard to do with eight games left in the season versus 10 games left in the season. Right. We, the last three games we played were all winnable games and we Definitely. blew them all. And now we've got Man City coming up and I just don't, I don't know what is going on here. I, I think we did land in the right place for what we were looking to hire but i can't expect anyone like anyone to work a miracle now with only eight games left in the season one of those and that first game being man city right and i yeah honestly dude i'm with you on d i I think it's a great appointment i think it's who we need that kind of manager you know i guess apparently we'd we'd gone after nigel i don't know if you guys have heard that uh well i don't know i did not hear that i i was reading that on the the twitter sphere today uh but apparently uh he's happy with bristol but um i think we got who who we need in spite of ourselves dude does he does he literally make me like jump for joy and just let's go? No, but we're not at that point in the season anyway, guys. We need to grind out and just get the minimum amount. And I think they've they've got a they've done it before. So let I mean, Chris, what else can you say besides you can only hope for the best? And if you're not behind the club at this point, guys, I like there's there's no point in doing anything but supporting these three. Oh yeah bang on Matt, 100% um my my mentality has completely shifted in the past 12 hours 12 hours ago I was frustrated I was angry I was just disappointed by the whole situation he's come in now now it's time to get behind him it's now time to back the three of them back whatever they decide to do and 
just see if they can perform a miracle to keep us up. You're right. Dean Smith has, he's had some experience with this. He took Villa, who were, what, four points in the relegation zone with four games to go. The last four, they won two, drew two, stayed up by the... So he knows what it's like down there. He knows... It's interesting, you look at that Villa running. They lost the games you'd expect them to lose, i.e. to like the Liverpools and the Uniteds. But what they did was they didn't lose those stupid six-point games. They either pulled off and got a point or they went and won the game. And that's something where I just wish, like we've been talking about, we'd done this last Thursday. We'd given him at least 48 hours, maybe prior to that, that game on Saturday, to think about, hey, can we do something different here? Because obviously Rogers' ball's not working. Rogers' setup's not working. I mean, we can talk a little bit about those two games and how we wanted to see something different. And all we got was the worst of Rogers' ball with the most negative setups I've ever seen as play. And just n- nothing. We offered nothing in either game. We made stupid mistakes that cost us goals. And you feel like the, if these guys had been in charge a little bit earlier, maybe those mistakes wouldn't have happened. Maybe we would have been a little bit more organised defensively. I think Terry comes in and one thing for, for those newer US fans, um, John Terry had a excellent Chelsea, England centre-half. Um, yes, he was a bit of a... He did some things that weren't great off the pitch and on the pitch, so to speak, and on the pitch as well. But he was an organised central defender. And I think that's the sort of stuff that maybe he'll bring in and tie, at least give us a little bit more shape defensively. And I think that's crucial. And then I think moving forward as well, we've got to look to be playing more aggressive in the final third. Like, two, up, we were calling for two up top all season. Get two up there. Get support. You play Vardy for 90 minutes. You don't give him anything. You give him 70 minutes. You don't give him anything. He's just standing there in the centre circle as matters is like closing the ball down. It it just didn't make any sense, Matt. And that's just a frustrating thing. We've lost two games that were highly winnable, as you guys have said, not just because of both tactically and just the lack of awareness from the club. It was just super frustrating. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, um, yeah, Chris. I just I feel all that that frustration. Um, I think you know, just for for anyone who's just kind of catching up and stuff. You know, we, we have brought in Dean Smith now to be the caretaker manager for the rest of the season. He's bringing Craig Shakespeare with him, former um, you know a, a coach under Nigel Pearson, with us under Claudio Ranieri. He took over briefly as caretaker manager. He was there for us when we when we um, beat Sevilla with that famous "Let's slip the dogs of war" tifo, um, and and got us some big wins. Uh, so he knows the club well. And then they're bringing their their mate John Terry, and they were all last together at at Villa. Um, I think we're seeing a lot of negativity about from some places about Dean Smith because of his time at Norwich which was, Chris, I think um, Norwich fans will tell you that the football that, that they played there was very similar to what um, what we just played the last few games. 
that super conservative, negative, horrible, horrible to watch football. It was bad. Now Norwich is a mess, but I think you know to play devil's advocate. I think Dean Smith is just looking at the the situation there, and he felt like that's the way he had to to get anything out of, out of Norwich. He couldn't be as adventurous, but. You know, he, he has had a pretty successful run as a manager leading up to that Norwich gig. Um, he, he did well, pretty fairly well at Walsall, went to Brentford and, you know, didn't get promoted with Brentford, but did really well kind of helping to build and helping find, you know, good players. Um, he did was did oversee a clean out at, at, at Walsall too. Um, but Brentford, Brentford played a really entertaining style under Dean Smith. People really liked watching them play under him. A lot of Brentford fans still have a soft spot for him because of that. And then you can see what Brentford has done in the last few years because of that kind of foundation that they built there. And then at Villa, again, like for a long time, Villa played very attractive football um, and, and they were really fun to watch. And he did well. He really had a lot to do with the um, kind of rebuild of, of Aston Villa and, and getting them to where kind of they are setting them up so that they would be where they are now. I think a lot of Aston Villa fans have a very um, just good – a lot of Aston Villa fans, you know, still respect the work that Dean Smith did at their club. Um you know, the last season, I'll, actually, I, I uh, one of my friends from, from the New York Villains sent me a, a great little summary of his time there. And I think that's what we need to look at more than his time at Norwich. And he, when he was at Villa, he also had John Terry with him. And, you know, this is, he, you know, they said straight up, like Dean's, Dino's time in charge of Villa was very different to um, the debacle at Norwich. And he masterminded some of the best, most aggressive style of play seen at the Villa in over a decade. Um, now, he did have Grealish with him, and Dean Smith likes to work with that catalyst, likes to work with that playmaker. He has one. He has one in James Madison. Now, Madison is going to be pretty bummed that Rodgers isn't there. We know they had a good relationship, but Dean Smith might be the kind of manager to kind of get him going again. He likes to work with a player like him. Um, and they did a lot better um, than they expected under Dean Smith at first. And then, then without Grealish, he had to he tried to become more conservative, and, and that was probably his undoing there. But we know that Dean Smith has good aggressive um, tactics in mind for his clubs, and, and that John Terry also does a very good job of helping him organize his team. Yeah, Terry, I'm very, very interested to see what John Terry does with this defense because, my God, has it been bad, you guys. And you just have to hope that he just comes in and grabs him by the nuts and says, remember who you are, right? Like, he's that kind of guy. He's always been that kind of player. Uh, no nonsense, no bullshit. So it'll be interesting to see with the dynamic of that back four already – as weird as it is what John Terry can come in there and do. Can you speak a little bit on that, Jason, what your thoughts are there? Yeah. Well, I think actually right now it's not just our, our back line. We're still, we're not scoring goals anymore. We stopped scoring. So we well, need both. 
right? Yeah, I guess I was gonna I was gonna liaise that put that into a nice fade into the fact that if there's anyone that knows what Prime Vardy looks like, it's Craig Shakespeare, and that's why I'm actually way more optimistic that the offense can wake up. That's why I kind of want to touch yeah. base on uh, so, John first. Yeah, I mean, well, I think with here's what I'll say about John Terry. He has a lot of unsavory yeah. moments in his life, and things that he's done, things that he said, which I, I don't particularly like. Um, now, I know there are teammates of his from, from all different backgrounds um, who, who, who like him as a man and as a person, and maybe sometimes in the heat of battle, that's when someone, you know, the, the, the worst may come out. In, in someone. Uh, that being said, um, we're too nice. The city football club is just too nice. The players are just too nice. The management has been too nice. There's just no killer instinct. There's no like nastiness. There's none of the dark arts or anything like that. And I've been saying time and time again that if you're in an alley and there's nowhere to to go and one someone's going to mug you the only thing you can do is kind of fight your way out of that and that's what a relegation scrap is that's what we've been in that's what everyone at the football club has refused to see that's what brendan rogers certainly refused to see and i don't know that these guys had it in them and i don't think they had the confidence or um or maybe the um the realization that that was what was needed. They thought they can just kind of come up with some clever tactics to get themselves out out of that that trouble. And John Terry, I'm sorry, he's gonna he's gonna be nasty. He's gonna be a horrible bastard, as one of my friends likes to to describe him. And that's what we need. We need a little bit more of that. We've always had that. Now I think Robert Huth, as a human being, is probably. <laughs> just a much more agreeable guy um it does not have the controversy that that's followed him but he was a nasty nasty guy on the pitch marston wasileski nasty guy on the pitch young jamie vardy nasty guy in the pitch and we just don't have that kind of character out there who's going to do whatever it takes whether it's you know get in a referee's face whether it's um just you know like keep leave a stud in, a, in an opponent's leg whether it's just trying to intimidate the other team or trash talk them there's none of that you know remember vardy against sevilla and talking about that game as craig shakespeare you know took control over and 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 managed us to, to to victory there vardy was trash talking uh samri nazari for for all game all game he was trash talking until nazari snapped and headbutt and then Vardy baited him into the red card. We don't do anything like that anymore. It's like we're too good for it or we're too afraid to do it. And there are eight games left in the season. There are eight games for survival. No one is too good for that right now. Yeah, I you're kind of along the same same thought process, Chris. I I think that that attitude, like the the kid gloves, have to be taken off. Like the, I mean, they're. I don't uh, otherwise know how to get it through across to the room with a, a bunch of guys that are all looking for where they're going to be playing next year. Well, I think that's the difference, Matt, isn't it, between this year and maybe the great escape is that 
mentality that you're talking about and whether to Jason's point, do we have the players who are willing to do what Jason described in these situations? And that that's going to be the big question is, can those guys get that aggressive streak out of these players? If it is their last eight games for the club, can we get that out? Can we see that slightly darker side, that gritty side of it? And it's going to be something we're going to have to look at these eight games. It's going to be tough. I mean, yeah, I, I, yes, yeah, I think I'm looking, I, I expect to see a change. I just don't know how much of a change it's going to be, mate. Um, to your point, if we switch gears, talk about the attacking threat as well. Um, I'm intrigued by that as well. I mean, I don't know. I'll get your guys' opinion, Matt, like, and Jason, like, we've played Vardy up top now for two games straight. Is he really the option moving? I just didn't see anything these past two games, mate, that kind of gave me that sense that, like, he's the guy that's going to get us those goals. Like, I just, I didn't see it. He, he, he just looked continually just missing that pay, missing that edge. That, yeah. And whether that's just a mental thing or whether it's his body now is at that point as as he's coming to the end of his career where he just doesn't have that little edge that differentiated him when he was in his prime. But I just didn't see it in both games, mate. Like you're being you're being real real nice just saying that it's the past two games, bud. Because if you if you go back and listen to I think probably episode three or four of this season on the U.S. Fox's podcast, self-plug here. Uh, I was saying then, this does not look like the Jamie Vardy that we know and have come accustomed to. And at the time it was, no, man, you know, Jim was on me. Oh, he'll get, it's Jamie Vardy. He can do what he wants. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. But yeah, man, now the proof is in the pudding. Um, He is nowhere near the player that we are accustomed to watching terrorize defenses for the last how many years, you know, and I feel like I guess part of my optimism and Craig and shaky coming in is that he's seen him at his best and hopefully Craig will be able to assess that either, you know, it's a mind thing that Brendan just has him just so enveloped in shit football that that's what's happened or whether it's you know he doesn't have it anymore this isn't the same guy that i watched you know do unbelievable things for how many years and yeah you know he needs to only come on you know 70th minute going forward dean i think hopefully you know craig will be able to kind of make that call uh jason yeah um interesting to see if this leads to some sort of revival in in party um Cause I just, I don't want the story to end like this for him. No, fuck no. I, it, he deserves better for what, you know, he's done for the club. Um, and it would be a great way to go out if he could kind of find some form again, find his legs again and, and find a few goals in these last eight games. But we still don't even create anything. I mean, how many looks has he yeah, had? Right. We don't create anything. It's bad. Unless James Madison is doing something incredibly special or Harvey Barnes is being a man, we don't really create much. And we certainly don't create anything without Kelechi Iannaccio on the pitch right now. And uh, Iannaccio and Vardy have proven themselves to be a very lethal partnership together. So, you know, I just don't, you know, 
Smith is not really a guy that plays two strikers, though. He he seems to play mainly with, with one up top. It's going to be very interesting to see how he sets this up. Now, he only has a very short amount of time to prepare for, um, for Man City, which is going to be a tough one. So I, I'm not going to try to judge him on that one. He might have to be a little bit more conservative in, in what he does for us. But then hopefully after that Man City game, we find something to to just unlock what's uh, our offense and, and start making some goals happen again. It's going to be a, a strange scene on Saturday with a lot of uh, big Leicester names from the past. So you talk about Mares over there as well. It's just going to yeah. be a, quite the reunion down on the pitch. <laughs> um, Chris, I, I guess let's, let's keep moving forward and uh, just talk about, um, I think, what you think this is going to have the effect on fan-wise at the KP. Um, do you think that the mood is going to pick up? Do you think it's going to be louder? I mean, it when you get to a point, and James, listen, I, you know, his, his tweet going after Tanner being the precursor, he deletes his social media this week because of all of the, you know, his back pass or whatever. I, I don't know. But one thing, guys, if you're taking time out of your day to hurl abuse at a 20 some something year old online uh, just fuck off like holy shit find something to do with your life um but besides that point like i i just the poor kid right now loses brendan who he loved then he goes that that horrible game happens right now do you think that the crowd gets behind him on what what do you think is going to happen next time at the kp chris so there was an obvious fan response post Rogers firing. We were loud that Villa game, that first 20 minutes. You heard the roar of the crowd. The Bournemouth game, we had the amazing TIFO from um, Union FS. The club brought back the clappers to try and get behind the players. You could hear that. But at some point, there has to be a reaction on the pitch to continue that. And there just wasn't in the, we were, the fans were trying to GM up and get them going. And it just, there was nothing coming off the players. And I think the fans quite rightly voiced at the end of that Bournemouth game, how they felt about the performance of the players and how it just wasn't good enough. I do think the fans will continue to get behind the, the club. We need to, I think it's, if, if we're going to ask for the players to be fully committed for these final eight games, then we as a fan base need to also be as committed, if not for those final eight games. So, yeah, I do expect us to continue to be loud. I expect us to generate an atmosphere. And at the same time, I expect the players on the field to respond to that and kick on. And we can only be successful when we've got that mutual coming together of those two elements. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely you could definitely tell the fan base was G'd up post the Rogers firing. It was just the performances were just, as the fans put it, politely not very good. Well, it can, uh, I, yeah, I don't know, guys. This is, uh, we haven't been in this situation in a, quite a long time, luckily. Uh, but the good news is we're Leicester City and we have been here quite a few times and uh, we've been pretty resilient um, at it and in the long term. So, there's anybody that knows about standing up and making it happen, guys. It is this club. Um, I don't know, Jason. What What are your thoughts? I just what is it going to take? It's do we just 
how many wins, how many points, like what are your it's tough to say how many exact how many points we'll need, but we're gonna need to pick up a few wins. And I guess I've already written off Van City, so anything we could possibly get there um would be a um would be a bonus, but look, they're trying to win a win a league title here. And they have a good chance with you know possibly picking up a few points on, on Arsenal this week with an art with a game against Arsenal to go. But here we are, you know, 25 points with eight games remaining. And uh, we're, we're only two points out of safety. We could be more than that, you know, af- after this weekend. Probably will be more than that after this weekend. So it's really seven games to go. Um, we've got big matches in our future that we'll have to win. Um, we have... After Man City, Wolves, Leeds, Everton. There it is. There it is. If we somehow get three wins there, we're safe. If we can get six points out of those, be huge. But I think we have to look at six points minimum out of those three games. Because after that, we have Liverpool and Newcastle. Not going to be fun. And then ending the season against West Ham who could also be in the mess too. So really for me, the season is going to boil down to those three games, April 22nd, April 25th and May 1st. And yeah, the, the fact that those are just right on top of each other. Yeah. Too, one week, one week of the final season. It's wild. That's it. This is what we've left it. We've yeah. left it this late. There's one week left for us to save our, status unless we can somehow get um you know some some upset results against the likes of, of man city liverpool and newcastle tell you what any of those go upset results and they're automatically entered in some of the biggest matches in leicester city history but like you know if, if we can get to the last game of the season with our fate in our hands i think that we have to put that down as a um as Can a you peek it for, for the new regime? Is West, is West Ham, I should know this, is home or away? That's home. home. Okay. We got, yes. we got spanked by him away, didn't we? No, yeah, I was yeah, there yeah, for yeah. away. Oh, that's we right. 2-0 right. Yeah. right before the World Cup break. Yeah. So we can beat this side. We spanked him, yeah. We guys. can beat that. We'll probably play a little bit better away than we do home right now. But if we can get to that game with our fate still in our hands i think um i think that means that that's dean smith and his guys would have done a, a hell of a job and yeah. that's, i think that at this point that's all we can ask for is that somehow get to that last game with our fate still in our hands. 100%. right and yeah listen Although, guys at this judging the past sorry. two seasons i don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing yeah which hasn't really worked out that well, but it's a little easier to take when you finish in fifth place versus fourth place versus well, seven, 18th place versus 17th. Right. And, and I think too, guys, like there's, this is there. Yeah. X's and O's going to be very important figuring out this offense and defense, but the biggest issue, he's going to have to find a way to get this locker room to play together and to find some 
sense of purpose and coalesce this team into finding a reason. And I think that is probably more challenging than figuring out Vardy and the defense and what the fuck else ever. Because, guys, it, it, there's if there's no will, then all of this is just hot air anyway, and none of it matters. Because if we can't figure out a way to have the guys play for each other at least, let alone the fans and the city and the club, then it's, it's all for nothing. And just pray to god that dean comes in i don't know pizza parties i just something get some take the guys out at the arcade something to get these guys you know playing as a unit again and believing in each other and having each other's backs because it, it's fucked if not that's just plain and simple that's how it is yeah matt i think you nailed it and and the good thing is the the, the quotes from dean smith that have been published by the club are in line with what you're saying um Dean Smith said today, our first job is to rebuild confidence and instill belief in the team. And I'm looking forward to getting to work with the players this week. Saturday will be a big test, but it's the kind of occasion that reminds us all what it means to be a Premier League club. Competing on the biggest stages against the best players in the world. I know we'll be well supported by our traveling fans. We have to go. We have to connect with that and give them a performance that they can be proud of. We go there positive, looking for points. And I think yeah, we have to get back to basis. We have to get back to getting confidence back on the side. We know what these players can do when they are feeling confident, when they feel like they've the wind in their sails. When 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 there is that connection that Chris talked about between the supporters and the players, we've seen it. We've seen these guys play incredible football. We've seen these guys win trophies win major trophies we've seen them win big games in europe we know that these this personnel can do it uh, it's just a matter of you know can can they find this again and dean smith is you know by all accounts a, a very good man manager and a very good motivator and uh, he has his work cut out for him well hopefully he walked in for the first meeting with matters and gave him a brand new, you know, shiny, clear Louis Vuitton backpack and said, listen, bud, we're going to load your confidence into this backpack and we're going to get on out of here. And with him working with matters, you know, shaky, giving Vardy some massages on the back and being like, remember when? And then John Terry just punching wild fast in the fucking face. I don't care, but just let's, let's get it figured out, boys. Let's get behind the boys. And most importantly, just have everybody's back because – there's no point otherwise. I'll say this for, for anyone who's kind of, you know, get, remembers the great escape or, or, or came along after the great escape. Those nine games were um, just some of the best times that I've ever had as a Leicester city supporter. It was, um, it was incredible to be a part of that and to see once the momentum started, that it wasn't going to stop. And, um, and it just felt so damn good um, after when when they did keep their Premier League status. And um, I think we all want to be a part of that right now. And we all need to be a part of that. And we need that energy, that positive energy from wherever you are in the world. Because um, right now, unfortunately, it's not the time to bicker anymore. We're going to have all off season and we might have a long season in the championship to to bicker and kind of figure out what 
you know, what went wrong and dissect it all. But right now, there are only a few games left in the season, and everybody needs to kind of be on the same side. Everybody needs to be pulling together. I have a, uh, for those of you longtime listeners, you know this, but I have a weird, like, kind of annual reminder of how long it's been since the great escape because my dog nigel is named after nigel pearson he'll be eight uh the at the end of this month on the 30th so really guys in the long when you think it hasn't even been 10 years since the great escape it's just it's like yeah we're lester <laughs> it's just like it's a great reminder of and yeah i'm with you jason those are some of the most magical time like that you think about some of the best runs that the club has ever gone on, but shit that year and staying up and, and just the, the, that group, like it was a tank. You, there was no, no one getting in the media couldn't get between them. There was no yeah. outside noise. They just put their heads down and work and yeah, maybe, uh, maybe shaky gives Nigel call and, and ask for a little advice. I don't know, but uh, we, we could definitely use it right now. Um, Boys, anything else that we want to touch uh, before we send it away and hope for the best against Man City this weekend? All right. Yeah, Chris, anything? I will just say that my positivity is getting there. I think the other thing, and I've been confident about this since this whole thing has started, I still think we'll finish above Forest. I have no idea where that's going to be. <laughs> But I do think we'll still finish above Forest. My hope is they finish 18th, we finish 17th. My fear is they're 19th and we're 18th. But I still think there are team. I think one of the things is that there are a lot of clubs that have kind of done things over these past few weeks, which have been surprising. Some of the games, some of the results have been. I think over these next eight games, fingers crossed, we'll see a few teams revert back to more of a mean of what they actually are um i mean leeds getting battered at the weekend is maybe an example of that sort of stuff i don't know but if i'm a glass half full guy i still think we'll finish above forest and your guys's point about the great escape look yeah fingers crossed we'll talk about this in the same uh same way at come the come the end of these eight. If games. I gotta get yeah. another dog and name him Dean, like I'm oh, down. Gonna, I'll three, fucking man. do it. You have to name all three. Like you're gonna, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna end up end up end up with five in your house. But no, ultimately, look, it's gonna be a roller coaster. There's gonna be times when you're gonna be on cloud nine because we get a great result. There's gonna be times when you're gonna be at the bottom of the roller coaster, thinking there's no way out. Like. That's just what happens in these next eight games. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be frustrating. You're going to scream a lot. You're going to probably lose your voice a lot of the time. But ultimately, look, we just have to support the guys, keep the faith, and whatever happens, happens. Like, I mean, I, it's tough to say, but it really is only football. Like, ultimately, it really is only football. <laughs> You know, I gotta like, even though we we've got some tough games, we've gotta like our run in versus some of the clubs around us. Certainly Forest. I, I wouldn't want their um their schedule to, to end out the season. Um so we are there are opportunities there um for us. And um it's still, you know, if we pick up the wins where where we need them, you know, we, we can still do this. 
Believe, guys. Believe we can do it. Um, on that note, thank you for joining us on the U.S. Foxes podcast, the Dean Smith podcast. We are uh, just hoping for the best. Invite uh, your friends and your family out to the bars. The more people, the better that can sing the songs and keep the vibes high, guys, because God knows we're going to need it. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back next week to hopefully – Talk about a crazy ass upset and the beginning of uh, beginning of a, a crawl back out of danger zone. And who knows, crazier shits happen. So, thank you guys for joining us on the U.S. Foxes podcast as always. And yeah, keep the faith, and we will talk to you next week. Cheers, boys.